0: Well, thanks for joining us uh, on the Bridges Across Every Divide podcast. As a special treat, there's a hidden secret teaser in each and every title of every podcast and try to guess what it is. And today's installment titled, There is Nothing Else, Just Us and the Data. Um, So as you've been going through all this, tell us some more of the things that you think that people need to know about for the uh, bridges and the bridges in the learning community that you see out there.
1: Okay. Right. I I think we left off in our last uh, podcast was like about the intensity and need to get something done. And I think we need to kind of talk about how it is done in these bridges communities and, and, uh, so what are the key things that make it possible?
0: And I think that we want to also. I will insert here. I think we want to have people look to Aha yeah. as a resource for them to go to That's and right. to find how to get how to order not just this book but also other books. Oh, that there's, make, m-
1: there's many books now. So yeah, yeah it's uh, ahaprocess.com. Ahaprocess.com. So to, com. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, having been in a position to watch this grow, and I wish I could say I was a visionary, and all of this came about through. Um, my vision, but that would not be at all true. Uh, what I find is that uh, Bridges is uh, something that people like for the content and the ideas in it, but they also uh, like Bridges because it's not a program. It's a set of ideas, uh, constructs, thinking tools. And, um, and we invite people to uh, take the ideas and run with them and to innovate. And that means they get to innovate in their own personal life. They get to innovate in their institution. They get to innovate in the community. And all of this uh, all it took place, and it was always a, a, a step or two ahead of where I was and where Terry Drucey smith who co-authored uh, the book with me, and Ruby Payne, who co-authored that first book with uh, with me, you know, they were they used our work in such surprising and wonderful ways.
0: It's a very organic process, isn't it's, it? Yeah,
1: it really is. and. People want to be real linear about doing it, but it's all based on who likes it and who the catalyst is, you know, and you don't know in the city who the, or county, who the catalyst is going to be and what backbone organization is going to get behind it and organize it. So you can't control for those things, but we're getting better at giving advice to people because now there's so many of us that we learn from each other.
0: And you brought up the linear, the non-linear aspect of bridges, which I think is critical and key for this because so many people think that you know, for example, public policy, how you fix things, it's mm-hmm. very linear. It's like you, there's a problem. It's, it's like you're, mm-hmm. there's a pool table mm-hmm. and you have a nine ball, you put down on one end of the pool table, you grab the cue ball, you put it at your end of the table, you take your cue stick, you hit mm-hmm. the nine ball, it goes in the corner the pocket, you feel like the Cincinnati kid. Yeah. In reality, <laughs> there's ball, other balls on the table <laughs> that do not allow you to line up the shot well. And then there's hidden balls, because <laughs> yeah. <not>, there's <laughs> hidden rules everywhere. Yep. And um, people, so, it's, so, yeah, that's the thing about it. It allows every community then to yep. figure out how to lay out their shot right. to get to that nine ball.
1: That, that's right. And so it's exciting work. And just know that there's a learning community that you can go to and get some help from. So it's not as difficult as it, as it was at the beginning. But um, one of the things we haven't mentioned is our definition of poverty, and that is, it comes from Ruby Payne. It's one of the brilliant things that she gave us in her first book called A Framework for Understanding Poverty that she wrote for school folks. And uh, that definition is um, so different from the one that's used nationally. Uh, we, we, it's all about income, is, is how we determine poverty. And in our definition, income is one of 11 resources that make up a high quality of life. So there's mental, which would include education, uh, there's spiritual, there's social capital, there's your physical well-being, uh, and, and so there's 11 things that you can do to improve your life, and this definition gives us all something to do. So the person who's in poverty can analyze like they do in getting ahead, analyze their own resources and decide where their strengths are, they're going to use their strengths to build another the other resources, but that's something they can do, and the institutions can analyze Are we, when we're working with people in poverty and things we do, are we just maintaining them in poverty? Is is that all we're doing? Or are we actually helping them get ahead and climb out? And then we look at our communities and, you know, is it possible in this community to get out of poverty? And what could be done differently? And how can you build resources? And that comes back to everybody being able to do something by building resources. And
0: this reminds me of a quote from Elizabeth Sawhill, Isabel Sawhill of Brookings. That um, uh, money is not necessarily just the only cause of poverty. Yeah. And it goes to the fact that for lottery winners, 70% of them are bankrupt again yeah. in five years. So yeah. you give somebody money, but you're referring to it's this, once again, break down the silos. Yeah. Go jump between all the silos and look at this in a holistic,
1: in a holistic way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and
0: that seems to that seems to to be a major factor of
1: right. So, so I, I think our definitions is is an important part of it. The other part is that uh, it isn't a program. It's the methodology allows people to to create as they go, and so that makes the work really exciting. And uh, so you have have a community where somebody hears about it, they call in one of our national <laughs> trainers. They come they in. They
0: would do that by just contacting AHA yeah, process. AHA process, and
1: the and national trainer would come and train. And then we encourage you to have your own people become certified trainers so that you don't have the expense of having our people come all the time, but you take ownership of the ideas and it with evolves, your own team.
0: it evolves according to the local climate, so to speak. Right, then.
1: right. And then, then you have people trained to uh, facilitate getting ahead, and so people in poverty are now involved, and they're part of everything that happens from then on. And then you get the leaders of the community involved in this. There's a book for every every class in a sense. And uh and, and then you just work with the people that that like it and begin to use it. And if you don't use the ideas, it's meaningless. Right. Yeah. I mean you can have a bright idea, but if you don't put it to use, it's nothing. Yeah. And that's what people do. So uh we one of the first places to use our work, it was a complete surprise to me, was to be called to um uh, Grand, Grand Rapids, Michigan, by um, the Cascade Engineering Company. Greg Keller is the president and CEO, a wonderful man running a great company already, uh, Plastics. And uh, their retention rate with new hires from poverty wasn't good. And he tried all kinds of things I don't have time to explain. But none of them worked to help uh, entry-level people stay. They were leaving within about two weeks. And turnover costs were getting really outrageous. His staff, and he invited the community in because he thinks community already, they went through uh, the Bridges Workshop in 1998, even before the book was published, the, the, mm-hmm. the first book. And they mm-hmm. uh, used the ideas to create a public-private partnership. They brought somebody from the TANF organization into their place to work in an office.
0: A county employee, basically. A county
1: employee. They had that kind of a partnership with them. And that person wasn't HR, and they they made relationships with people. And she's a certified Bridges trainer, and she would say to the employees, "Look, call me before you quit. Yes, you know, we can pull it, pull it together." They made uh, partnerships of the social services, faith based groups that are all in the city already, uh, invited them to get trained in Bridges ideas, and then they began to help stabilize the environment and and the lives of the of the workers around issues of transportation, child care. Um, indebtedness and all the other things that keep people from coming to work every day. And that they were in less than a year were able to improve their retention rate from 29% to 69% with this model that they created. Now, this is how creativity goes. Slowly, but surely, what happened was they created nonprofits that represented that social worker, that that person from TANF in the middle of their place, her name was Joyce, you make a nonprofit entity there that trains bridges for to the staff of six or seven for-profit entities around the outside. So there's mm-hmm. five or six companies mm-hmm. that are using this. And um, they all begin using the strategies, and they begin to stabilize the lives of their employees so their employees can, can stay there. Their, their retention rates all go up they actually start doing small dollar loans so that their employees don't have to go to payday lenders. So now they have financial security. They begin saving money after they've paid off their the loans that they've been doing. These are cropping up across the country. And this is going to be the thing that I think takes off the fastest now. Yeah. Because the evidence is coming in. Uh, in Toledo, Ohio, they have these are employer resource networks, and James Vanderhorst is the one that's behind it. But you can get to them through a hot process. We're all partners, and um, their small dollar loans have have issued loans close to two million dollars and hundred percent payback. You know, and they're paying a fair interest rate for loans that they can actually afford. So those kind of results and the improving retention rates across the country in these. Places that are using bridges in the ERNs is just an example of what is happening in court settings, is happening in reentry, is happening in healthcare. When people take this into their own discipline, take the ideas and apply it where they are. We have books for health and healthcare. We have books for workforce development. We have books for first responders, policemen, and firemen and so there's someone that can come and train you from each of those disciplines and you can enter into a learning community made up of, of other people using this in your own discipline
0: so this whole effort over the past 20 years has grown and more each individual sees it and takes it into their own individual their their community problems or their work sector problems mm-hmm. as they see it yes. Um, and, um, it's, it's led to, and you mentioned about evidence-based, you've, you've seen some evidence then, have you seen some studies that tend to back this?
1: We, we have, but, but let me finish off this thought before okay. I forget. All right. When, when these different sectors are using this, they meet each other during these trainings. And they cross-pollinate. And they cross-pollinate. And then they go, they're, they're saying, well, listen, if we come out of our silos mm-hmm. and form a collaborative. And these collaboratives come, every city calls it their own thing, but they're based on Bridges concepts and they come together to learn from each other about what they're doing and to overcome the barriers that the people that are going through getting ahead tell them about and that their own employees tell them about. Mm -hmm. So getting out of poverty is really hard. And so when you smooth the pathways and you you overcome and knock over the dumb barriers that exist, then you have a chance for a whole lot of people that They can go to getting ahead, but are in poverty. are all benefiting from this. So it's not just the getting ahead graduates that benefit, but it's everybody. Once you get people in the different sectors all using these language and constructs and solutions uh, and and with an intention to make a community that's more prosperous.
0: And it tends to then basically infect everybody's thinking in the community then.
1: It, It changes the feel of a community. I think Schenectady, New York, is probably one of the Places that is a shining example of how the wealthy folks you know wouldn't come into town right, you know because it was kind of scary, and they had a theater there that they put money into refurbishing, but they didn't want to come well, long story short, getting ahead graduates now are ambassadors they are they're wearing jackets, they greet people that come in downtown, they show them where the good restaurants are, they help them get parked they you know they okay. walk them to the place. These people are getting graduates that are living in the homeless shelter, the Mm -hmm. city mission, right? Mm -hmm. And the people that are coming to downtown now have annual fundraising events so that these people can be paid. Okay. You know? So the feel of downtown Mm -hmm. is that the main drag is getting all the ambassadors. Now the side street businesses are going, hey, we want some ambassadors. Okay, You know? So you never know what's going to happen. And it just
0: it's just all on the yep. local the yep. local Creativity, ecology yep. the, the local climate. Yeah. You've also seen this I think also occur in um Utah. You mentioned homeless in and Salt Lake City. There's been Oh
1: my goodness. Yes. Uh one of the uh, Lloyd Pendleton is a fellow that's made a lot of uh, time on uh television being interviewed about how in Salt Lake City, uh, they give homes to the homeless. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. How exactly. dare they?
1: Ho ho ho. But well, it makes no sense, right? Yeah,
0: just what well, you don't have they're just less than, they yeah. have homes, they're not longer homeless.
1: The, the uh, when when people come at Lloyd about that, he goes, Look, it makes sense. If you actually stabilize the lives of people that are, you know, have mental health issues and all kinds of other things that are going on with them and you give them a safe, nice home to live in, it actually costs the state less. Yeah. To, to care for them. Yeah. And he's got the dollars and cents to prove it. So yeah. there's an outcome story uh, yeah. that's just amazing. So if you want to get a hold of Lloyd, come to our process, and we can introduce it, but you but to see, him.
0: But see, there we go again. It's the local. It's yeah. organic. It's yeah. uh, at the grassroots level. Yeah. And so you've been seeing this go on yeah. all across the country.
1: And then the studies have right. been coming. So uh, it's... it's um, I don't come from a, a big, deep, deep academic background, and so I'm learning about this business of uh, having people do research. And when you come across somebody like uh, Elizabeth Waller, who is a, a PhD at Indiana University, and she heads up the social work department on four campuses, uh, she does a national study of getting ahead to see if it actually works from beginning to end. Getting head is easier to study than Bridges because it's a program. Right. Beginning, middle, and, end. And it's got a model fidelity, trained facilitators, and all that. You have people
0: involved in it. You can track them. You do a longitudinal yeah. study, see yeah. how their credit rating goes, that yeah. type of
1: stuff. So her study was just to see if getting head actually worked. And she put so many validated instruments into it that covered all kinds of aspects of human life. And um, a long story short is that... Uh, Getting ahead is hitting a home run with having people take charge of their lives. And that is what the purpose of getting ahead is. People who are living in poverty are living in what I call the tyranny of the moment. Uh, In the book Scarcity, they they call it the tunnel. The studies have come in since we started calling it the tyranny of the moment. But when you're living in chaos and you're having to fix problems all day, every day, you don't have time for the abstract. You're living in a concrete world, solving the same concrete problems over and over again. And so you need a safe place, you need to have a way to to analyze your world. And so what happens? All the things that you and I have talked about in these podcasts get discussed in getting ahead. And so when people come out of it and they take charge of their life, imagine all these other institutions in the town using your ideas, using Bridges' ideas, and understanding people in poverty like they never did before and they're in those institutions when they enter those institutions they're going to be treated better their chances their their chances to make good relationships across class lines are enhanced all of it weaves together
0: so when you read the book bridges across every divide yes then what you're seeing then is Examples of this. Of we tell this. the stories. Tell um, the stories about how this works, data points as to how um, this has worked. Right. And then challenge the people to begin to go ahead and utilize this. Mm-hmm. And those communities that are utilizing the, it won't happen if you start this up on Tuesday, it won't be ready to occur in your community by Thursday. No. But it'll take some time, but then you'd be able to do the the, the second steps Mm -hmm. outlined in the book of what we call Tocqueville meetings. Yes. And you want to go and talk a little bit about Tocqueville.
1: Well, we are at the place where we have so many, we are in 50, no, I'm sorry, 46 states. Have we said this before? No. And uh, some states lightly, some more heavily, uh, but our work is being used in 46 states and in Five countries, five other countries, and um, and we really are now at a place where this book, you know, bridges across every divide is about being intentional about making policy changes, because so much of what is interfering with the, with people who are in poverty as they begin to work their way out are policy problems at the institutional level, and policy problems at the city and county level. And then if you can't fix it there, they're going to have to fix it at the state level. And I think the work we did with you, with the Healthier Buckeye Council, began to show us that we can do that. Oh, yeah. You know, So now we have uh, strategies and ideas that we're kind of forecasting are going to work. And so we, uh, we got enamored with Tocqueville. And I think you ought to say a word about him because you put so many of his quotes in the book.
0: Well... Okay so I everybody loves to quote Alexei de Tocqueville's Democracy in America and I will tell you almost nobody has ever read the book cover to cover. it I did because it and it was like reading organic chemistry from college all over again because it's dense. it's just you know each, they, he would have sentences the length of a modern paragraph. Okay. Hemingway was not influenced at all by de Tocqueville. Um, but I found his work to be you just read each paragraph and you'd have to sit there. It took forever because I read a paragraph and I go, oh my gosh. He wrote this in the 1830s, but he could have written it like on Thursday of last week because what he writes about is still so relevant to modern America. He had us pegged early on. We're coming up close now to 200 years since his book was published, and it's just absolutely right on. So at the top of almost every chapter... We, front, we we put there a, uh, 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 well, trying to do a small quote of Alexei de Tocqueville's mm-hmm. hard to do, but we'd put one in there and um, you'd read it and you go, wait a minute, this was written in the 1830s? Yeah,
1: it could have now, been yesterday.
0: I do want to call out one thing. He, he is so beloved by policy wonks, but is so little read. That he is given credit for a statement he never wrote, which is, uh, as long as America is good, America will be great. When America is no longer good, it will cease to be great. He never wrote it. He never said it. Okay? Okay? And we actually, in the book, cite We actually have a footnote citing proving that it never got said. (laughs) Um, What evidence is, is that it was created by a junior uh, speech writer to Ike Eisenhower. Mm Mm-hmm. Who who created this spun this out a whole cloth because everybody reveres the Tocqueville. Right, right. But nobody ever reads Tocqueville. Yeah. So in honor of Dear Alexi, we've um, honored him by naming the meetings. This meeting, yeah, yeah, The meetings to an effect return us back to a, shall we say, an idealized rose glass version, rose colored glass version of Tocqueville's America but um it's back when all and he was very clear in his writings about how the opulent never stand aloof from those lower than them they rub elbows you know yeah. daily yeah. with the with the with the classes different than them
1: well so this is what's happening in the bridges communities is that people come together across all the, the divides and they begin to appreciate each other and work together and we quote some of the people that we interviewed in some depth on this topic, and to hear it from them and uh, talking about what it means to them personally to have a different way of looking at their community and the people in it is really refreshing, you know, yes. and it's sort of in this day and age, just a wonderful thing. So we have uh, named this last meeting, and it's, it's really not a prescription. Uh, it's just an idea of how can we have a conversation to make sure everyone in the room is included and be pretty methodical about using the thinking tools that we offer in Bridges to analyze what a good policy is and and being able to uh, identify. We have no trouble identifying the barriers because we're listening to people in poverty. So then we have to look at policy changes through a lens that helps us really understand it. And our thinking tools help us come down to good policy. Then your work... And having the Tocqueville meeting means that we are now in a place to actually influence our legislators in a really healthy way, a very healthy way.
0: Legislators, city council, mayors, county commissioners, county commissions, however your state, region, locality is governed, this is a recipe that you can stick in there. It's not unlike when I travel throughout the Deep South, I always order shrimp and grits because it's different everywhere I go. It's never prepared the same way twice, and I will fully tell you that in 20 years' time, if I'm still upright, okay, and I come to your community to, you know, uh, see how you guys are doing there, your shrimp and grits Tocqueville meetings will look radically different than Mm. the Tocqueville meetings from a state, two states over, but it's all shrimp, and it's all grits, and it's all about reaching across the classes. So with that, we will end this episode of the Bridges Across Every Divide podcast. And we urge you to uh, go to ahaprocess.com and order the – you can order the book there. You can go to Amazon. And um, uh, if you need to have Phil and or me come in and uh, tell you more tales uh, that things that could not make it into the book – that were very entertaining. Mm -hmm. um, I'll be happy to do so. And
1: and don't forget your local communities that are doing bridges. And make sure, yes,
0: make sure you look out to them. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you.